0: So I thought I'd just mention, uh, it's too bad that they're gone, Uh, just what excellent excellent women Kelly Fleming is and Toby, who we just sang happy birthday to. There isn't a better youth pastor in all of America than Toby Scott. Really. She, She led two young ladies last Sunday uh, in her class to Christ. They opened their hearts up and gave their lives to Christ. And then the very next day, she was facilitating the Good News Club at El Moro, and two more little ones gave their hearts to Christ, like four in two days. This is, the, she has such a heart that that the children would come to know the Lord Jesus in a real and personal way and she has this gift Toby has a gift for expressing uh, in the way that a child uh, can, can understand You know, K through 5th grade can understand how much Jesus loves them what he did on the cross and the new life that Jesus offers uh, even children and you know that like 60-70% of Christians uh, in the world they, they come to Christ when they're very young, this, this, is, this is how it works. And then Kelly, like you just can't get a better administrative secretary than, than Kelly Fleming. You know, she keeps everybody on track and she makes sure that everything gets done right. And she's, she's the one that handles all the details, you know? And she has a, she has a kind of an annoying side to her. <laughs> like, like, if we're a minute late on the service, like, she'll go up to Chris, and she'll go like this to her watch. <laughs> Time to start. She's the sweetest lady ever. And then, I mean, our whole pastoral staff, it, it, could there be a better worship leader than Chris Lazat? I mean, just, his, just, it's just, I can't even hardly talk about Chris. It's just, it's too much for me. He just, he's, he's a full package. He's got everything that you want in a worship leader. And then Jeff, who's such a great uh, senior pastor, just really uh, excellent. We just have, like, this pastoral staff at Little Church by the Sea is just off the charts, excellent. And join in with all of our uh, wonderful elders. Um, we have a terrific uh, leadership team. And, and of course, it changes every year as we go through. Elections for new elders and and all these things, but I just I want to give praise to God for uh, the Anointed leadership God has brought here to little church by the sea it is you can't take it for granted because I've been on a number of different staffs and like this one is and and they've, they've all been good but this one here is especially Wonderful. There's a tenderness and a compassion and a pulling for each other. Uh, uh, there's no competition. There's, there's just the best of a humble, gracious group of uh, men and women who lead our church. It just, it just, uh, <laughs> that's what I say. It's just unbelievably beautiful how God has uh, put together uh, our staff. So, So I'm going to talk uh, today. It's it's uh, it is it is so uh, it is so important what I'm going to speak about today. Uh, But we deal with it all the time, and all of us know about it all the time. Uh, And but it's it's a it's a continual confusion for us. And that is how uh, do you and I uh, deal with the intense sufferings that go on in the world such as uh, jasmine wilkinson dying on tuesday morning now on tuesday morning i walked to church i live on canyon acres it's a 30 minute walk from the church from my house to the church and i walked down the canyon and i saw the four dump trucks that were parked on the side of the road as i as i walked to the church and I walked to the church, it must have been five minutes uh, before the accident because uh, the grandfather apparently had a heart attack in the car or some kind of seizure. And, uh, and then the car crashed into the, the dump truck and, and there was what happened. And, uh, and how do you like cope with, with these things with a young 14 a year old girl not making it out of the accident, you know? How do we deal with uh, all that we see uh, in the world? The suffering and and the pain and the things that we watch our beloved friends uh, go through. So yesterday morning, at 6 in the morning, I hear a ding. That's my cell phone. And when my cell phone dings at 6 in the morning, it's not good. It's always... Nine out of ten times, it will be somebody in crisis. And it was. And that message said, Pastor Jay, our, our daughter had a seizure last night and is in the hospital. And uh, and uh, uh, the, the, the hospital is short, doctors, and nobody knows why she had this seizure, and we're all confused, and and would you uh, please pray? And then I, I get to a morning prayer at 8 o'clock, and... Uh, and three or four people in the room have crisis situations of their own, uh, in their own life. Like one, one my brother-in-law is going to have serious open heart surgery on Monday. Can we pray for him? And then I heard my former youth pastor in the 70s who, uh, uh, who now lives in Orange is struggling with three different issues and fighting to stay alive, you know. And uh, how, 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 do we, how do we cope with this? So my goal this morning, my goal is for you and I to walk out of here with a confidence in God and a sense that you can trust God no matter what. And I'm going to start off by making a statement that if you believe it will solve everything. And that is that God is perfect. All right, so I'm going to start there. God is absolutely perfect, all right? Whatever happens in this world, it's not God's fault. God is not responsible for what goes on in this world entirely in the sense that he's given men and women free will. We live in a fallen world in which there's an enemy that's prowling about seeking to devour someone like a lion does. There's tremendous spiritual warfare all over the place. We wrestle against the uh, things of this world. We wrestle against our own carnality. And in this fallen world, we're, we're dealing with the effects of sin, going clear back to Adam and Eve and their rebellion against God and is carried through all the way to this very hour. And all you have to do is just like read your Bible. Every page expresses what I've just said that we live in a fallen world and there's problems and troubles everywhere. My message this morning, though, is how do you and I have a victory? How do we have a victory? How do we walk in uh, in a glorious sense that no matter what takes place, we can trust God even when we don't understand? So. I don't have to convince anybody here that there's hardships in life. Like we all know that. That's a slam dunk. We all know there's hardships in life. I just read the blue cards. I'll I'll get the blue cards tomorrow morning or or uh, Tuesday morning and there there's going to be 60 70 blue cards and I, almost everybody has some kind of mini crisis or 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 uh, some kind of big problem going on, you know, and, and we pray for him and we see God answering a lot a lot of those uh, prayer requests but I want to s- start back where I just said God is perfect God makes no mistakes you can't blame a God for what's taking place in your life that you don't understand, you can't blame God for the troubles of, of this world God has given man Free will And God has a high value for free will. God wants you to choose him. He doesn't want to just put strings on us and then uh, cart us around like a bunch of uh, puppets on a string and just have a say, by, because there's a battery in our back, we love you, God, we love you. No, God says, I give you free will. I want you to choose me. I want you to choose me. And so uh, I just was sharing about Toby leading these four kids to Christ. If there's anyone here this morning... And you've never given your life to Christ. You never realized what Jesus has done for you. You maybe resisted the call of the gospel for years and years. May today be the day that you just yield yourself, open your heart to God and say, Jesus, come into my life. I I cannot run my life the way I need to. I need you to be in my life. If there's even one person here this morning, this, this message that I'm going to be talking about uh, is, is for you. Now, I want to put the verse up that we're going to study this morning. Uh, if you put that up there, Peter, it's the fourth verse of Psalm 22. It is one of the most magnificent of all verses in Scripture. It's the, it is the single verse that when somebody's lying on their deathbed, they're going to hear this verse. They're going to hear this verse. And I just wonder how many people uh, over the centuries, how many people, as they were within minutes or moments of eternity, heard someone read this verse, and they were ushered into the kingdom with a great sense of comfort and consolation because they believed this verse. If you believe this verse... Right here, your life will change. If you can trust what's said in this verse, you can go through anything in the peace of God. Let's look at the verse. Kind of, I'm going to kind of look at it phrase by phrase, maybe word by word. It's such an extraordinary verse. I like the King James. The first word in the King James version is yay. <laughs> yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But most of the more modern translations say even though. Well, hey, there's, there is no doubt that you and I are going to walk through. The, uh, we're going to walk through this valley that I'm going to read about in just a minute. All, all, none of you will escape. All of you are going to walk through this valley. And I'll show you even more why that's true. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now I'm going to say this again. If you can believe this, your life can change. If you can believe that God is with you in every difficult circumstance in every challenging situation, in the greatest storms of your life, when you are falling apart and your heart's broken and you don't don't know where to go, you're fully confused, you're all messed up. If you can believe this verse, you don't have to live in defeat. If you can believe this verse, you don't have to live in fear. If you can believe this verse, you can experience the comfort of heaven no matter what takes place. Now I'm going to pick this verse apart for us as I teach it. I'm going to pick it apart. I'm going to help you come to grips with what this is really saying. All right. First of all, let me say that when it talks about the shadow of death, the Hebrew means the shadow of severe difficulties. Not that the shadow of death is you're dying. And this is just for when you're dying. This is literally means when you're in the shadow uh, of the valley of all kinds of devastation, like really hard stuff, really tough afflictions, illnesses, uh, broken relationships, uh, rejection, all of these things that, that break, uh, break us down and, 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 and can take us out of life. The verse is saying, uh, even though you walk through the valley of the most difficult situations you could possibly face, know this, you don't have to fear any evil for God is with you. You don't have to fear any evil for God, the perfect, completely righteous completely true, completely faithful, completely good, God is with you. More, more so, uh, his rod and staff, they comfort you. The rod uh, represents uh, the, the, the protection of the shepherd. The shepherd would beat off wolves and dogs with the rod. It was about that long and I, I'll, get, I'll put a picture up later and the staff would hook the sheep's leg if it tried to get away, And which was what God does to us when we try to get away. Do you know that God will hook you? How many, how many of you have thought you got away from God? And then he hooked you, and he pulled you back. Yeah, I know some of your stories. Some of you guys reckon, you ran a long ways from God. And I don't know, His staff must have been 3,000 miles long, but he pulled you back. Praise God? Praise God. Praise God that God never gives up on us. I want to give God glory that God never, ever abandons us. I want to give God glory that God is always there. He never forsakes us. I want to give God glory that you can say whatever you want. It doesn't change who God is. I want to give God glory that in this Bible, in the word of God, it tells us that God will ever be faithful to us, even if we're faithless. I want to give glory to God. He's absolutely righteous and perfect. He cannot make a mistake. He's never made a mistake. It is impossible for God to make a mistake because if God made a mistake, he wouldn't be God and we would all be in trouble. How can we trust a God who makes mistakes? He never makes a mistake. He never makes an error. He doesn't slip up. He doesn't forget. He doesn't pass us by. He doesn't mess us up. God is always the same. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. And he will be the same forever. You can trust God that he is exactly who he says he is. I am your God. If you go through waters up to your neck, you're not going to drown. If there's a fire, you're going to get through it. God will take care of us. It may not always be the way that we want him to, but I hate to, hate to uh, tell you that uh, the way you think should, things should work out sometimes isn't the way God thinks things should work out. You know what I'm talking about? You can get angry at God if you want. It doesn't hurt God at all. You can say, God, I'm angry at you because of this... This thing fell apart. My business fell apart. I'm mad at you. You should have helped me. Well, it doesn't bother God at all. He'll know you'll get over it. God- <laughs> yeah. Uh, I- I- I've been mad at God. <laughs> this is, like, embarrassing to say. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was a Christian about five years, and I got this beautiful uh, golden cat. You know, I love this cat. I had it about a week, and I just... So enjoyed this cat And like in a, in a week The cat got run over In, in front of my house And <laughs> I got so mad at God I said God I'm so mad at you You could have saved my little kitty And God didn't say anything He just like Just didn't say anything Just trust me God says kind of like God doesn't like orchestrate every, you know, people say, oh, God's, God's in charge of my life. Uh, God controls my life. Well, to a certain degree, that's true. But God doesn't fully control your life, nor does God fully put himself in charge of your life because he gives you free will to do what you want. And he hopes you choose him. He hopes you consecrate your life to him. He hopes you walk with him. He hopes you trust him. He hopes you believe. So getting back to our verse now, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of all kinds of problems, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This would be a great verse for every single one of you to memorize. In fact, it'd be a great verse to speak back to God every time you're having trouble, every time there's a challenge facing you, to remind yourself. You're not reminding God because God doesn't need to be reminded. But you remind yourself when you're facing difficult things that God is there for you. All right, so as I said a minute ago, I'm gonna pick the verse apart a little bit to teach it to you. Let's look at the first phrase here. Even though I walk through. Okay, I'm gonna stop right there. You're gonna get through what it is that's facing you. You'll, you'll pass through, you'll get through You don't stay stuck in the middle and just stay there. That's not the way God works. You will get through whatever the challenge is that is facing you. All right? And that's God's promise, even though I walk through the valley. If you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and let's say you actually died, you're going to get through and then you're going to enter into your inheritance in God. Wow, what a moment, huh? What a moment where you pass through and you move into God's presence and this temporary life comes to an end and we enter into the full rewards of our faith in Christ and the full promise that Jesus said, he who believes in me will have everlasting life. How reassuring to know that when you breathe your last breath, you are gonna move into the presence of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. So if the day comes when I'm I'm passing on and I pass into the heavenlies, what a day that will be. And I always felt like Christian uh, memorials and funerals should be a celebration of life, not something mournful, because we know where we go and we believe. And is there any... Is there any greater hope that we could have that when we breathe our last, we go into an eternal state of living with God for all eternity? Wow, what a promise. It's hard to even grasp it because we're all alive here. We all think we're going to live for many, 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 many years. But you know what? I turned 77 last week. I have nothing to clap for, except I like the two sevens. Seven in Hebrew is like the the number of completeness. So I'm 77. My dad died at 81. My mom died at 86. I was telling my wife last night, well, maybe I've got like nine years, you know. And I'm starting to like fade a little bit. (laughs) I ate a donut between services, and if I fall down here and pass out, you'll know that my system just can't take a glazed donut like it used to. (laughs) I give God praise for carrying me through these 77 years. I give God praise for all of you for bringing you here today and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and for you to be worshiping God. I give God praise. And I'm telling you, this verse is so true, you guys, that God is with us. He's always there. So talk about crises, you know, the the valley of the shadow, I talk about crises, in my pastoral ministry last week, like they were everywhere, Uh, two people who I really care about died last week, Uh, one of them I've known for 45 years, Uh, her name's Connie, and she lived right down there on on, uh, Catalina and Thalia for the last 50 years. And uh, she died on Tuesday. But I had gone to see her uh, two weeks before she died, right at that point where, where she was just starting to fade and, and wouldn't have recognized me. So I got over there. She was in an assisted living house. And this story is just to tell you how glorious God is and how kind and gracious God is. I go into her room, you know, and I'm thinking as I'm walking into the house, God I want to connect with Connie I love her so much and I don't want it to be an awkward like stilted thing and and uh God could you like make a way for us to 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 really find each other and I didn't know if that was going to happen because she was failing rather rapidly so I go into her room you know and she was in my first church in the 70s at Jesus Movement Church you know it's like a Calvary Chapel and she was my. so I started talking about the old days you know and and, and, and she was very stiff, you know she was, she was laying in bed, she was hardly moving. she could only talk with her lips uh, moving and, and and I was talking about the old days you know, and the meetings we had and all that and she and she nodded a little bit you know and smiled just a hair. I thought, well, that 's not getting me anywhere. let me see maybe I could read i 'll read some scripture. So I started reading her some scripture, and she liked it, you know but but I was looking for some kind of breakthrough where I could just feel. God's presence, and you know. And and then I was reading her Psalm 34. Uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And I said to Connie, I said, Connie, do you remember all the songs we used to sing? She's laying there just not moving an inch. I said, do you mind, could I sing you a song? So I, I started singing her Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless... The Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make. As I'm singing, Connie suddenly, her arms start to move straight up. Her arms start to move straight up. And she lifts her arms as I'm singing. And she tilts her head up and opens her eyes. Her eyes are glistening with tears. And I just kept singing. I sang every one of those old songs. I could sing, thy loving kindness is better than life. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God. I did all those songs and her hands are straight up in the air I don't know how long, like 10 minutes. And Connie and me, we sent God a fragrant offering of worship, that's what broke through. That's where God was with us. She was in the valley of the shadow of death, literally. Like I said, died on Tuesday. She died 12 days later. But she had enough in her to get her arms up. It wasn't very easy to get her arms up in praise of God. You know, this is what you do when you lift your hands in worship. Did you know that? You lift your hands in worship, and, uh, and you are, like, exulting and praising God. Like, I stumbled on a YouTube station with a song by uh, ACDC. It was, like, taken at a, some con- like some event. Like, a- every person uh, in the place had their hands up. Ah, ah, ah. The guy's, you know, hopping around and all that stuff, you know. And, uh, and I'm going, wow, there wasn't a hand down, you know. Like, when we sing, like, we should, like, be in there, like glorifying God, I, maybe, I don't know who ACDC is, maybe they're a good man, but <laughs> I'll hop for Jesus, that guy was hopping around, I could hop for Jesus, <laughs> but like, you know, in the, you know, in the World Series, you know, like, Washington wins the World Series, and everybody's gone completely berserk, you know they're at the they're at the game four hours before it starts. You know, and they're all cheering and yelling and you know and gosh, you know, God, just free us up, I'd like to glorify you and worship you and bless you. I'm not calling for a Pentecostal church. I'm just calling for an exciting church. I think we can be a little more excited for God than we are. I think God's the most exciting. I think God's the most exciting thing out there, and the best thing about me being able to bring a word to you is I get to brag about God. I get to brag about God, which is what I've been doing this whole message. Tell you how glorious God is. Tell you he'll be there for you. It doesn't matter what you think, God is gonna be there for you. He is faithful, even if you're faithless. He is always gonna draw close to your heart. He knows your suffering. He knows how you feel. He knows your disappointments. He knows your broken heart. He knows your struggles. And he's just going to walk through with you. All you have to do for your sake is to believe this verse right here. Believe this verse that though you walk through the valley of the shadow of whatever tough thing you might face, though you walk through that, you don't have to fear evil. You can trust God that he will carry you through. And you might not even begin to comprehend what's going on, but just trust him just trust him as I said to, I said to my wife uh, this morning I, I was talking about some challenge you know and I said what do you think Nikki what do you think I ought to do and Nikki said well I think it'd be really helpful Jay if you just do what you teach <laughs> 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 oh, okay Nikki thank you very much <laughs> but she's right why don't we just live What God says, why don't we trust him? You can have your life changed if you really believe that God's in there with you in every disappointment, in every disillusionment, in every discouragement, in every feeling of hopelessness, every time where you think that you're so deep in the valley that you're never going to be able to climb out. Did you know that the most fertile part of your life is in the valley? It's where all the good soil is. It's where God does his greatest work. And instead of calling everything a problem or a difficulty or a situation, why don't you call them an opportunity? I, love, I just love changing linguistics. I just love calling a problem an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to grow. It's an opportunity for us to change. It's an opportunity for us to enter into the love of God and be at peace when there's a storm outside. I'll tell you this really, really hokey story. I'll admit this is a hokey story. I think I told it one time here before about a train that was in the midst of a severe storm. It was, it was shooting it down the tracks and, and the train was just, like, was, just like, uh, was just like shaking, running from side to side and it looked like it was going to be derailed. And people inside the cars were screaming and yelling, you know. And there was this little girl just sitting on, on the bench, just as quiet, and as calm and as peaceful as she could be. And this, this old man runs over and says, little girl, like, like, like we're in really a lot of trouble. Like, How can you be so peaceful? And she said, well, sir, uh, the engineer of this train is my daddy. I know I can trust him. Hokey story, I know. But you can trust God in the midst of a train wreck. <laughs> you can trust him. And I know some of you had train wrecks. I know some of you had disappointments. I know some of you have had your hearts broken. I know some of you like, just wish you could just dial back time and start over again. It's okay. God's going to restore all the years, you know, that the locust has eaten. God's going to restore those years in which maybe like, you just uh, shied away from God. God's going to take care of you. He's not going to judge you. God's uh, love for you is unconditional. God's love for you Is irrevocable. God's love for you is everlasting. His love never changes. You will never escape God's love. His love is set upon your life forever and ever. You cannot run away from God's love. You cannot hide from God's love. You cannot get mad at God and have God stop loving you. God does not put you on a performance basis. You are not a performance-based people. He just loves you exactly as you are. I was looking, listening to the old song that Billy Graham used to play at the end of his crusades: Come just as I am. That's what God wants you to do today. You just come to him as you are. You don't have to like spruce up. You don't have to like clean up. You don't have to like put on a suit. All you got to do is come as you are. Just say Lord Jesus. And and I'm speaking to some of you who know him. Some of you just need to like like, uh, reconnect with God. Uh, Maybe your walk here in recent months and years has been rather drab, rather kind of unexciting our walk with God should be the most exciting thing that there is and like today would be a good day to say Lord I just want to find you again in a fresh way I want to spark passion within my soul I want you to light a fire on the altar of my heart I want to get excited for you God and live for you and, and walk with you so back to our verse uh, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear uh, no evil, for you are with me. Uh, How how is a shadow created, by the way? Doesn't light hit something and and then it reflects? I I have a picture up here of a shadow. The shadow of a tree and a wall right here. But there's light that's shining through it to create the shadow. I just want you to know that the light of God is in every valley of the shadow. It's His light that's creating the shadow. It's His nearness and His closeness that's creating that shadow. That when you're in that valley, whether it be just great difficulties or even the valley of the shadow of death, God's nearness, the brightness of His countenance, the sun is shining through into your life. S U N and S O N is shining into your life to give you hope, to let you know that you are. Okay, all right, Peter, back to the verse again. Um, The uh, presence, presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord is what God promises to us in those tough things of life. It's the presence of the Lord if we call out to him, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. This is just who God is and the way he is. All right, to wrap up this message, I've got uh, five, uh, five little points. Um, if you pull up that, uh, there we go. Facing the shadow of death. Here's five points that will help you. This is kind of how I live. Uh, this is how I try to live. That when I'm facing great crisis... Uh, Like my friend, uh, when I was with her, when when I'm dealing with these things, these are are the things that help me uh, in those times when I'm in the valley of the shadow. First of all, you and I need to know that we are betrothed to God. God has betrothed us. He's called us to be his own. And we should never, ever doubt God's love, no matter how difficult the trial. It doesn't mean you're not feeling the difficulty. It doesn't mean you wish it was anything else but that. But you can never need to doubt that God loves you. Secondly, the severest of testings and the darkest of days produce the greatest results. That's true all through scripture. I could say in a different way, like using the uh, idea of prayer, the longer the delay, in the prayers that you've been praying, the greater the answer when it comes. Did you know that? The longer the delay to your prayers. Yeah, what have you been praying for for a long time? The greater the answer when it arrives. I'm thinking of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter one, who prayed for years and years, God, I want a a child, I want a child, you know, and and she's getting mocked by the other women and, 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 and nothing's working well for years and years and years. But finally, finally, she becomes pregnant. And who was born? The greatest prophet in the Old Testament, Samuel. The greater the delay to your prayer, the greater the answer when it arrives. Elizabeth and Zacharias, they gave up. They gave up. They prayed and prayed and prayed, and then they sort of gave up. We're way too old, and guess what happens? She becomes pregnant and gives birth to John the Baptist. The longer the delay, the greater the blessing when it arrives. Number three, when in the shadow, don't look primarily for relief. Look first for God. All right, so when you're in the shadow, uh, you can, like, run away. You can, like, try to exit, run away from God, or self-medicate. But it's going to do you no good whatsoever. God just could bring you back to this point sooner or later. So, when in that shadow, look for God. Call out to God because he will help you. Number four, precious are the lessons learned as you pass through the valley of the shadow of death. All of us grow and all of us change and all of us go from strength to strength as we traverse the hard things in life. It's like the refining of gold and silver. The, the, uh, the uh, fire is turned up on unrefined gold. And the more the fire burns into that rock, the more the gold becomes to come out. And a lot of you are pure gold because of the sufferings you've gone through and because of the lessons that you've learned. And finally, no matter how dark the night or how deep the valley, just know you are never alone. God is there. I remember a young lady calling me up on the telephone and saying, I just feel all alone, I've got nobody. I said, no, you are not alone. God is there. You just need to make a connection. You just need to know he's there. So, I, I hope this was helpful to you. I hope you can know when you walk out of here that God is absolutely perfect and you can trust him. Let's all stand. So, I'd like to, I'd like to bless us now. I'm going to ask God for a blessing Uh, I'm asking God for a blessing of faith. And I was thinking this morning about the man who cried out to Jesus and said, "Uh, Lord, would you increase my faith so that we can believe the verse in Psalm 23, verse 4. Though I walk through the valley of of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Lord, we want to believe that, God, fully. Uh, We don't want to have a yo-yo up and down life, Lord, where Monday we're doing great and Tuesday we're just out the window. God, we we pray for sustaining real faith. And so, God, I'm asking, oh, Holy Spirit, would you release yourself? Uh, Come down like a rain, like the song that we sang. Fall upon us, God, that our faith could be increased, that no matter what the trial, no matter how dark the night, no matter how deep the valley, we can believe, trust, and walk with you in peace. Help us, Lord, in our frailties. Help us in our unbelief. Help us, God, to know you in ever-increasing ways. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.